The Black Doctors Podcast highlights the stories of minority professionals with the goal of inspiring others. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others, because the next generation can't be what they don't see. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories told by us. Hello and welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. This week, I'm so excited to be speaking with Dr. Alexander Oladeli. He is a pharmacist currently practicing in Georgia. He is a graduate of the Howard University College of Pharmacy. So excited to hear his story. Dr. Oladele, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So it's been a while. When did you finish at uh, Howard? Yeah, yeah. So I actually uh, so I finished uh, pharmacy school at Howard in 2014. Yeah, I knew we were there the same time. I didn't know if you were a year ahead of me or, or behind me, but yeah, 2014 was uh, must have been a, a good year. That's when I graduated as well. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. <laughs> cool, cool. So where did you go to undergrad? Yeah, so I started undergrad in 2008. So I started in 2008, and uh, you know I was actually very fortunate because I was part of the accelerated pharmacy program. So I finished undergrad in 2010, and that's when I started pharmacy school. So it really just took two years of just a very, very heavy course load before starting professional school. And um, 2010 is when I started pharmacy school, and then after that, you know, I graduated and did my residency and fellowship. Wow. So that program was a six year. It was at Howard. It was. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful program. In fact, there are some um, schools that have five year programs. So, you know, historically professional school, at least pharmacy. I know, I'm not sure about medicine, but, um, you know, you have four years of undergrad, four years of pharmacy school, and then you can choose to do a residency if you want. But at Howard, at least the option that was provided for me was two years of undergrad, which is very intense four years of pharmacy school and then you know uh you finish and then you have uh i think it's the university of maryland that offers a five-year program so these are all really programs to take advantage of especially when you want to lower the cost but they are pretty intense yeah that's huge i i honestly didn't know those programs existed so you went in knowing that you wanted to become a pharmacist no no so it's interesting um you know my career path as a pharmacist which i I love being a pharmacist today because what i'm able to do and i do think that it falls within the scope of my skill sets however i did not want to be a pharmacist initially so i actually grew up in nigeria west africa (laughs) nigerian parents and i came to america when i was six and my father is a registered nurse and literally all my life i you know i wanted to be a registered nurse because of seeing how he took care of the family. That's kind of all I knew. And prior to uh, prior to uh, undergrad, you know, my parents knew I wanted to go to Howard. My dad literally told me the only way that I will pay for you to go to Howard University is if you switch your major to pharmacy, hmm. which doesn't really make sense because you, you're a registered nurse. How are you going to tell me to <laughs> switch to pharmacy, you know? But I, I, I didn't realize that. I guess he's seen something in me that I didn't really see myself. So I ultimately, just because I wanted to go to Howard, switch to pharmacy and that opened up a whole cascade and i i mean to this day i respect and love the nursing profession because it was kind of my first my first interest you know i actually uh, took a lot of nursing courses i i also so another thing too i actually had a staffing agency during my uh, residency where i had i was you know i employed like 16 nurses at once and it was because of the background of nursing that i had you know so it was never pharmacy it was actually um it was actually nursing first, and then my father uh, gave me the push to pursue pharmacy. What you said, you ran a staffing agency. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a staffing agency during my fellowship. Um, 
essentially what that is is uh, a company, uh, whatever, an LLC, where you employ nurses and you you provide staff and services to institutions. So uh, it was called Medview LLC at that time. It was in 2015. And uh, we had a contract with a rehabilitation center in New Jersey, uh, Hamilton, New Jersey. And whenever they needed nurses, we provided nurses to them. Wow. That, that's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a great experience, man. It was a, yeah. Yeah. So what did you think pharmacy was going to be like when you first started down this pathway? Yeah, um, I, I thought it was going to be magical. I thought it was going to be uh, amazing because every pharmacist that I knew at that point, were they were doing really well in life. You know, they were making a lot of money. They had great quality of life. So I kind of looked at pharmacy as this this dream world that I ultimately wanted to be in, you know, so um, yeah, that's that's really all the thoughts that I have for pharmacy. In terms of just everything else re- related to the field, I didn't really have any knowledge about because I wasn't immersed in it. But I, I, from the outside looking in, I knew a pharmacist who worked for a drug company who literally just had an amazing life, and I knew that's what I wanted. Yeah, that's cool. I know for a lot of people, they think about Walgreens and CVS, and that's your first impression of a pharmacist, but there's so much more to the field than just retail. Yeah, oh my gosh. Pharmacies, um, pharmacies an incredible field. You know, I uh, I actually finished pharmacy school. I got hired by uh, Walgreens, and you know, I actually took a very different route to my career now. And I don't, I mean, I don't remember the last time I worked in the hospital or Walgreens. And those those areas are not bad, you know, because there are, there, you know, the pharmacists are needed in those areas. And I know quite a few people who love enjoy um, being a community pharmacist or a clinical pharmacist. They're very important. It's just a matter of finding your own niche and what you ultimately want to do. Yeah. So so let's go back to pharmacy school. What were some of the difficult things that you had to overcome in pharmacy school? Wow, that's a great question. So I would say that um, my my age, surprisingly, was it, it was a little bit challenging because I started pharmacy school at the age of 20. And I started with um, individuals who had kids. You know, these people were in their 30s and 40s. You know, they were 30, 40 years old. And they came in there with priorities. You know, I'm pledging alpha in pharmacy school. You know, <laughs> oh, so no. one can argue like, <laughs> yeah, this guy is extremely immature. Like, what is he doing? You know, I was always in the punch out. We were always throwing parties. I, I wouldn't change that experience um, for the world because ultimately it kind of it distracted me from the rigor of pharmacy school, you know, for professional school. So that was very, very challenging for me, you know. Um, but I think just the didactic, um, uh, the, the curriculum overall, um, you know, when you start taking pharmaceutical chemistry, the ways that our brains think, it's not I mean, it's kind of just counterintuitive to how we like like think about the world you know like kind of just thinking about up regulation down regulation so that was very very challenging and you know thankfully i had a group of uh really really good friends who held me down uh during my pharmacy program and we ultimately succeeded yeah that that's awesome coming out of pharmacy school you went to work at walgreens or did you start fellowship where'd you go after that yeah so after pharmacy school um i did a very um i guess unconventional route uh, so I did a uh, pharmacy practice residency, which, you know, many pharmacists do. So I think I forgot what the numbers are. I think it's like 70 percent of pharmacists or 75 percent of pharmacists that come out of school go directly into the community. So Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, I think the other like 20 to like 20, 20 something percent go into uh, clinical uh, pharmacy. Very, very small percentage go into regulatory like the Food and Drug Administration. 
and a very, very small percentage go into the pharmaceutical industry. So the Pfizer's and the Merck's and the Johnson and Johnson's, you know, so for me, I, um, I completed pharmacy school and I knew I did not want to go into retail because of some of the experiences that I got in pharmacy school. So what I did was did a PGY1 pharmacy practice residency, which is cool. But then I did something. Um, I did my uh, two-year pharmaceutical fellowship in medical research and strategy. And this was at the second largest Japanese pharmaceutical company at that time. And that's actually what put me into the, the drug companies. And, you know, the drug companies are very, very different than, you know, clinical pharmacy, than you know, um, retail pharmacy, it's, it's a different, different workspace. You know, it's, it's, it's more project management, you know, so um, that's, that's, you know, the space that I've been since I finished my fellowship. So it really took three years for me to be able to get to this position. And I, I really wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I know I've, I've honestly never heard of that program. So can you give us an overview of that two year fellowship that you did? Yeah, so the two-year fellowship was, um, you know, it it was from 2015 to 2017, and it was at a Japanese pharmaceutical company. And essentially, what you uh, learn, uh, at least my fellowship, was in medical research and strategy, right? So um, the way I don't I don't think people really understand how drug companies work. So drug companies have a variety of different divisions. The division that I was in was called medical affairs, and you know, I have a medical background. You know, you as a physician, if you worked for a drug company, you would have, you would probably be in medical affairs or, you know, clinical development. So, you know, my role there was really just helping to um, support the medical franchise, developing slide decks, developing, you know, a whole bunch of training tools, working with the vice president of medical affairs, because there are there are these um, specialists in uh, the pharmaceutical industry called medical scientific liaisons, and that's what I am now, medical science liaisons. And the role of medical science liaisons is really just to meet with providers like yourself, other types of doctors, and educate them about our drug products so they they're well informed about the use and things of that nature. Um, you know, so my fellowship was in medical strategy, so really just helping to support the medical science liaisons. Um, helping to support medical information. So when somebody sends uh, uh, information to a drug company about a particular drug, you know, we can provide that support. We know how to effectively answer those questions, you know. So um, it's really just working on the corporate side versus um, the community or the um, retail side, or excuse me, the clinical side. No, that's pretty cool. So what's a typical day or week like in your current job? Man, that's, that's uh, interestingly, it's, it's, it's not the same at all like it and it would never be the same just because of the nature of the job so this morning i get up you know uh interview with uh with you dr bradley and you know <laughs> at 11 this morning i'm actually uh meeting with the executive and cell director who is my manager and uh, we're talking about um the training tools because we're trying to hire more uh medical scientific liaisons tomorrow we're actually um you know talking about pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors you know i have a presentation on that um, then the next day I have to meet with, you know, the sales reps and, uh, you know, the vice president of sales to outline how I want to proceed, uh, provide them uh, training and things of that nature. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it really does fluctuate, which is what I really like about this job, uh, job or role. I don't even want to call it a job. I really do see it as a, you know, my lifelong profession, you know, so there's no, there's no, um, it's not monotonous in nature. It's a variety of different things that you're doing. 
No, that's awesome. And does it involve a lot of travel? Yes, it does. And <laughs> yeah, so you're starting to see the parallels. It involves a lot of travel. So to put it in context, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia right now. And um, so with medical scientific liaisons, we have territories. So my territory is Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, parts of Alabama and Tennessee. And my role is to meet with medical oncologists. So so my therapeutic focus is um, you know, oncology. Um, my last role, I supported prostate cancer, bladder cancer, and lung cancer. Right now, in my new role, I support pancreatic cancer and colorectal cancer. So any doctors that treat those disease states within this geographic area, I would meet with them and help to be just be a scientific resource to them. That's really the core of the, the role. So it involves a lot of traveling, especially, you know, with COVID-19 kind of just starting to taper off now. We're going to start traveling more to meet with medical oncologists oncology nurse educators and really just, you know, share some knowledge. And yeah, we're definitely going to get into this travel because in addition to your job as a pharmacist and all of the years of training that you've done, you clearly have this passion for entrepreneurship, starting the staffing agency, and then some of the other endeavors that you started. Uh, Back in 2015, you launched what today is the largest social media page for black healthcare professionals. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. So Rousseau Doctor is, uh, you know, it's become a very, um, it's become an organization that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, we, you know, it, it, it keeps the core of what it was intended for. You know, in 2015, the goal was really for us to flood the market with black professionals who are doing great things. And the reason is because, you know, at that point, we had a very good understanding of what social media was. You know, it's like, it's all about perception, you know. So if you, if we can actually change the narrative rather than constantly putting bad content out there, let's just flood it with good content. Let's just show people out there that there's good things happening in the world. So, you know, I actually sent a text message to um, two of my buddies like, hey, you know, let's start this doctor's network. We're so doctor, the actual name, it, it means doctor's network. Literally, it's doctor's network in uh, French, you know, so it's been that way ever since. And we put it on Twitter and a buddy of mine, Max, he actually stated, he was like, hey, y'all should switch that from, you know, Dr. Rousseau, uh, my uh, buddy, uh, Dr. Trevor Thomas, he's the one who coined the name Dr. Rousseau. And then Max ultimately gave us the suggestion, suggestion to switch it to Rousseau Doctor because it was more correct because it was French. And then we just ran with that. And then, you know, that started in August 2015. That uh, spring, you know, uh, it was like April 2016, started a mentorship program. And now it started to have wheels. You know, we were featuring, you know, black professionals. And then we just started like bringing on board individuals who were interested in the medical scientists, who were interested in medical school, pharmacy school, dental school. And that mentorship program started to take off. And I mean, it grew to what it what it is now. It's funny because I don't even, you know, I personally don't even run the page anymore. It's actually our media directors. And I mean, they 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 have a very good um, and sound understanding of our vision, what we want to achieve, at least what we aim to achieve. And they keep the keep everything going. Yeah. So let's see. I know Trevor, he was a dentist, right, at Howard? Yes, yes. So he went to dental school at Howard. Can you, uh, yeah, who who did you partner with to start that page? Can you shout those uh, those guys out and tell tell the listener what they're up to? Yeah, yeah. They're both doing great things. But Dr. Trevor Thomas, he's actually a cosmetic dentist in uh, Los Angeles, California. I mean, Trevor, Trevor is very, he's very known now. He's he's kind of uh, taking a career path, which. I think he's a little bit surprised, you know, with everything, but he's he's truly blessed and he's doing really, really well. And the other is um, Dr. Isaac O'Neill. I'm not sure if you know Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Isaac is a 
Yeah. So he's uh they're the co-founders. You know, they're the guys that I actually um gave the vision to and really, you know, can we actually make this happen? You know, what are your thoughts on this? And you know, it really just took off from there. And I like I always rave on the show because you know, the folks that come from HBCUs, just something about the network that you build there that that grows into so much more. Yeah, it's powerful, man. It's a powerful entertainment. In fact, it's it's um I you know, we're we're very fortunate to have attended Howard University because I always say, man, if it wasn't for Howard, the, the only reason why all of, all of this is possible is because I had the opportunity to continuously see black professionals, you know, like, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's what makes, um you know, Rousseau Doctor so powerful because people, and not just doctors, there are so many students, there's so many young kids who see these black people who have lab coats on. And it's like, this all goes back to, you know, what happened at Howard University. You know, I walked around campus and I see professors, you know, in their lab coats. I see uh, black dentists walking around. I see black nurses. And it's like, man, like this is actually possible, you know. So kind of an extension of that um, pushed it out to the media and uh, continued that pipeline of excellence. Yeah, that's powerful. And I, and I wonder, as you built this social media dynamo, it's been around for six years, how did that progress from you gentlemen putting up posts to having people run the site to having a whole team? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a very interesting question. So, you know, the thing is, because I work um, in corporate um, and because the core of my actual profession, pharmacy, is project management based, I, I've, I've really developed a very sound understanding of, you know, how to develop how to manage like uh, different um, entities, you know, um, at once. You know, I always, I've always, <laughs> I've had this weird thing that I've always said. I was, I always say that all my businesses at some point I will run them like pharmaceutical companies. I've mm-hmm. always said that my goal is to always run all my businesses like pharmaceutical companies. And it sounds weird, but the reason why I say that is because the way that pharmaceutical companies, if you actually see the internal structure, is very, very efficient. There's so many different divisions. And everybody's working collaboratively under one function to essentially achieve a certain outcome. And I've said that to many of my friends years ago. My goal is to run Jet Black Travel, Rousseau Doctor, even my personal management company, like a pharmaceutical company. And I've been doing that, you know, and for Rousseau Doctor in particular, it's it's worked because of the trust, to be honest with you. That's kind of the the reason, because if, if, if the community did not trust the company, then it, it would not work, you know? So, you know, it went from post to mentorship program. It's like, oh, wow, they're actually really here for the people from mentorship program. It turned into, you know, other things. And then, you know, from the students that actually applied to the mentorship program and we were able to shepherd through the, the curriculum, after that, we opened up opportunity. Who wants to be a media director? We had so many applications. Hmm. So going through that, it's like, okay, so... Let's see, you know, who's going to be our first media director. And we brought uh, a young lady in from um, from Miami, Florida, and she's doing really well today. And then, you know, that was for a year. And then we brought two more people on board. And, you know, I put together a curriculum where I essentially, you know, trained them how I wanted the social media page to run. And I don't know if you noticed, but there's actually a very big difference from the way that it was ran like two and a half years ago to now, because now <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say complaints, but there's a lot of, uh, we try to keep people laughing throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and that was also a change in strategy because, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want to be the same entity forever, you know, especially when there's so many different 
other organizations that function like you. That, you know, what's the difference between you and somebody else? So always looking for areas of differentiation. A lot of that knowledge came from my pharmaceutical career, you know, so ultimately um, I've kind of just used what my skill sets and uh, my medical career um, is to and extrapolated that into my, my businesses. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Sometimes y'all post do be wildin'. Yeah, man, I'll be cracking up, man. I, I literally, I, I sometimes I text my media directors like, you guys are toxic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, though, especially, you know, I think about guys like you, you know, I think about, you know, nurses, I think about pharmacists, you know, lawyers, engineers, and this these these professions are not easy. You know, mm. the last thing you want to see, you want to go on social media and you want to, it's something very, very serious, you right. know, that it's like, come on, bro. You know, and the, the thing is, there's also a marketing component to it too, you know, because the thing is, if you can, if you can diversify your content where it has a lot of engagement, it actually increases the likelihood of conversion for the next post, because the goal is always to make people see positive, positive posts. If we want to post Dr. Bradley tomorrow, and all we've been doing is posting a lot, a stream of doctors, the likelihood of people seeing Dr. Bradley is, is low because for some reason people don't engage with positive content as much. Uh, you know, so if we can like, you know, plug um, other types of content, increase the engagement of the page, at least, not, you know, not disrespectful, professional, funny content, people engage with it. And then we post Dr. Bradley, oh man, thousands of people are seeing it. So that, that also went into our strategy to, to kind of just like um, cut the way that we actually were posting previously. Gotcha, gotcha. Now this is this is uh big because you know I mean how you've built everything and structured it is is speaking to me because I'm just out here winging it with this podcast, uh, posting random stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely taking away some uh, learning points from talking with you. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. You know, I, and I love the podcast. I actually, um, you know, I, I think the podcast uh, game is a really, really, um, you know, great space to be in, and you can continue. I mean, there's so many professionals that you can continue. So just just keep doing it, man. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna blow up. Yeah, and and on top of everything you do, you mentioned it earlier. This jet black travel. Talk to me about that. That seems so incredible. And the videos that you post and the pictures of of black people just out in the world back when the world was open and now it's starting to reopen, enjoying themselves. Talk to us about jet black travel. Yeah. So jet black travel. Um, you know, RG started in 2015. Jet black travel started in. You know, the fall of 2018. Um, that's that's when it was incorporated, and that um, actually um, it was actually a buddy of mine, Nick Owen. Uh, we went to Howard together. He was actually a couple years ago. The, the seasoning guy. Nah, the seasoning guy. Nick's jerk seasonings. Y'all should check out Nick's dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's he's a. Uh, I mean, this guy is uh, he's really really a chef. You know, he's really very very good and. Um, and what he does. And I mean, even his story in terms of the seasoning is also very, very inspiring. So, you know, Nick, uh, I travel a lot, but before I entered the travel space, Nick was already traveling. So, um, you know, I knew that I had this network of black doctors, like, man, there's so many black professionals that I have, you know, at my fingertips right now. It's like, you know, let's all go to another country. And Nick, um, you know, he knew someone in Cuba, you know, he had connections in Cuba. So we contacted him, we put together an itinerary, and literally, you know, we took 52 professionals to Cuba. And it was interesting because out of the 52 professionals, I'd be uh, probably, I would say like 60 to 70% of them were dentists and physicians, kind of a ton of nurses. So they were, it was really Rousseau Doctor, like, you know, uh, a Rousseau mm. uh, Doctor group, you know, so it was, it was, it was a great experience. And 
you know, we came back, got posted on the shade room. And then five months later, we took 45 people to Medellin, Colombia. And that's kind of where it, it hit me like, whoa, so this is there, there's something here, you know, turned it into an LLC and then started to build that program now as well. Jeez, your first trip was 52 people. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, September 2018. That's incredible. So what's the back end of that look like? How do you go about with the organization and, and setting all that stuff up? Okay, so back when we were getting started, it was a little, um, so essentially, we, we're just leveraging relationships, you know, really just seeing who we know in different countries. You know, I, I have travel background, Nick has travel background, so we're leveraging relationships. So, you know, at that time, um, when we went to Colombia, Nick also knew um, a lady by the name of Drea who's Colombian and, you know, she was born in Colombia, has family in Colombia and she went to Howard and she helped facilitate that process for us too. You know, so um, what it was back then is very, I would say vastly different than what it is today because what it is today, it's really like a, there's so many different moving parts. You know, it looks like just pictures and itineraries, but there's so much going on, you know? So, and that's kind of just, you know, symbolic of growth, you know? So, you know, I would say that, you know, like every other organization, you, like, you begin thinking you know one thing about the travel industry, but then it ultimately expands into something else. Yeah, that that's incredible. As we start to wrap up, Dr. Oladeli, what would you say to pre-health profession students, so folks that are coming out of high school and college, looking at becoming pharmacists, what would you say to them? Man, I would say, um, I would say, I mean, it's very simple. You can do it. You know, you can do it. I, I, I wasn't supposed to be a pharmacist. I wasn't supposed to be here, but you can do it. You know, I remember when I was, um, you know, my parents had a barbershop and I was I was really I was sitting in the barbershop at that time. And there's a guy that came in the barbershop. His name is Chinedu. Um, he was a medical science liaison. What I ultimately wanted, to, at least what I am now. And I remember he told me, um, why are you going into, you know, why are you going into a certain profession because of fear? There's nothing wrong with that profession, but don't do it out of fear. You know, if you want to do something, really go into it. So, you know, my charge to everyone is that you can do it. I think the most important element in your career path is knowing that it's, it's, it's oftentimes it's, it's damn near impossible to do it by yourself. Don't ever go into situations thinking that I can do this by myself. You're one person. You know, so for me, I w- I'm, I'm very grateful for so many people. My friend, uh, Duclos Charles, Dr. Charles, who's a pharmacist mm-hmm. today, and he's mm-hmm. also doing great things. You know, he, I mean, Duke was literally, you know, the impetus to a lot of, you know, me becoming an alpha. You know, he's the one that told me, hey, let's let's do this together. You know, Duke is the one who held me down in pharmacy school. You know, I have a lot of different friends in pharmacy school who helped me through the curriculum, like my boy, you know, getting it. And it's, to be honest with you, if it wasn't because of, so many different people around me, it actually would not have happened. So I, I, I think the biggest thing for those who are interested in, in pharmacy, medicine, dentistry, please find your tribe because not saying you won't get to, through it by yourself, but let me tell you something, it's going to be, it's going to be very, very difficult because these, these, uh, these uh, programs are not easy, you know, so you got to really find people who, who um, have your best interest are, and are willing to really look out for you. Yeah. I think, um, as as you told your story, the number of different names that you threw out and the people which you spoke about speaks to your sense of community that you definitely got to where you are today because of your tribe. And from that position, you've built an even bigger tribe through Rousseau Doctor, through Jet Black Travel, where you're helping people get to where you are and build that sense of community as well. It's a beautiful thing. 
Yeah, thank you so much, man. We 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 literally are all we got. <laughs> literally, <laughs> you know. So we gotta we gotta continue to 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 rise and, and look back and pull pull one another up. All right, Doc, Doc Ao, where can people reach you? Where can they find out more about you, about your different business ventures? Absolutely, y'all can reach me on Instagram. That is the, I mean, we're all on Instagram <laughs> now, right? So it's uh, Alchemist is my name. So at AL underscore chemist 1906. Awesome. And, and that's a dope handle. I've always uh, been, been envious of that Instagram handle. Yo, it, it took a lot of uh, it took a lot of uh, thought. I'm like, man, my name is Alex. I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> I'm a chemist. I pledged your own business. It was like, yo, I thought about it deeply, but it, it works. <laughs> yeah, man. And then uh, as we wrap up, what is one or two things that you wish people knew about pharmacists? Mm, wow, that's a great question. Um, pharmacists are very, very knowledgeable, man. Pharmacists are very, very smart. I don't think people really understand or appreciate what we, it's not even, it's like what we learn in professional school, you know, the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics and the pharmaceutical chemistry, we really do have a sound understanding of what happens in the body when um, you know, you take a substance when you take a drug, you know, when you eat food, you know, so um, I, I, I really um, want to plug pharmacists and say that it's a profession that I that I truly love because it, it allows you to think differently. And I and I hope that in the future, the healthcare system can can maximize the skill sets of pharmacists a little bit more. You know, so that's something I know that pharmacists that right now we're fighting for um, the opportunity to be termed uh providers you know medical providers you know and you know it's a fight that is a is a uphill battle and i do hope that it comes to fruition but you know pharmacists are very very knowledgeable and i think they represent a very important part of the healthcare system awesome well dr oladele thank you so much for joining us on the black doctors podcast thank you for the incredible work you're doing continuing to do for our community i appreciate you dr bradley thank you and uh you know keep going man i'm i'm, I'm in full support Black Doctors Podcast is a nonprofit volunteer passion project with the goal of inspiring all who listen. Tune in next week for another episode of the Black Doctors Podcast with Dr. Steve.